I think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Canucks Cast. Today we will be talking about the moves the Canucks made during the NHL draft and the opening of free agency and the other moves the, teams, the other teams made including the trade of Phil Kessel to, from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Pittsburgh Penguins. All that and more on this episode of Canucks Cast and you can find me on Twitter at SimAlexander300. You can find Twitter you can find Trevor on Twitter at TrevorNap16. They can find Sean at tr- Twitter at Spence Canucks. They can find us on iTunes and on our website at www.canucksblogcast.wordpress.com. So let's start off by talking about the trade that the Canucks made by moving Eddie Lack to the Carolina Hurricanes for a third round pick and a seventh round pick in next year's draft. So was anyone surprised by that trade or or not? Not me. Not at all. We saw no, the whole we were, time. We weren't going to get a second round pick for a backup goaltender. No, and especially with this guy becoming a UFA after this season, after this yeah. next season. Yep. Yes, but everyone keeps comparing how other teams got more for the backup goaltenders. I mean, Robert Len, Robert Leonard, and Cam Tyler fetched way more than ALAC did on the goalie market. Yes, because they're better goalies. They don't have one more year left on their contract, that's why. Yeah, and even though, even though LAC is... Yeah. They're both a lot younger than ALAC as well, 22 and, and 21. you got to look at the age and you got to look at the contract status. He's a UFA at the end of the year and he's not going to be a starter in Carolina. Where Talbot and uh, Leonard are going to be the starters. So you're gonna you're obviously gonna fetch more to try to pick up the starting goaltender. Yep, I agree. Totally. It's just common sense. Yes, but Black played outplayed Ryan Miller at the end of, at the end of the season. Not done in the playoffs. Not Ryan playoffs. Miller didn't play. He folded under the pressure. Up. Ryan Miller didn't play at the end of the season, so how can you say that? And his last game of the year, even though he let in five goals, we still won. Hmm. When Lack lets in five goals, we never win. True. You know what? Yeah. But now that the tandem has been set with with Jake and Markstrom taking over Alak's place in the in the lineup, I think Markstrom's going to be better. I yeah, think I, Richard, agree I think Richard Backman could, could start the whole season. <laughs> Richard Backman does have uh, NHL experience. That's a, that was yeah. actually a good signing yeah, by. Yeah, uh, it was a great signing. So now there's a. They got a little bit of depth. Spot. Yeah, now Marshall doesn't feel like the second job's in the bag. Yeah, he has to, and that's good because he's he. Uh, there, there's going to be some, some, some. Uh, the goalies out there battling each other, which is a good thing. It'll get the most out of them. And remember, we've got the best goalie coach in the league too. Like, look, look at what Willie Melanson has accomplished since he's been here. He turned Corey Schneider into a star. And we had the Cap King. No, but we also had the Cap King and Lawrence Gilman, who today was canned by Jim Benning. What is going on? I had a feeling that that was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen last year, but I don't. I don't get it at all. But you, you, it just goes back to the same adage that when new GMs come in, they want to white. He's stroking his ego. That's what he's doing. 
Well, and you got to remember, too, that when it comes down to all these moves that Benning's made, Trevor Linden has final say on all of them. Now, he yeah. said that on the radio that he has final... Basically, Trevor Linden is the GM. He hired Jim Benning, A, because they've known each other for years, and B... Trevor Linda doesn't need to take the criticism or go and, and do the uh, and do the radio hits and everything like that. Jim Benning gets to do it. But like everybody was saying how Trevor Linden was going to get was going to be hated and things like that in Vancouver if they traded Eddie Lack. Trevor Linden could run for mayor in Vancouver and win on a landslide and get rid of the, those bike lanes too. Well, he, <laughs> well, he he's a cyclist, though. I don't know if that would work. He's probably hiking a mountain right now. <laughs> I still think that there's something else that uh, is coming down the pipe because uh, Cody Franzen hasn't signed yet. He said that he wants to sign here. You know what? Like, the, the Cassian trade just pissed me off, though. Hey, this, uh, is, this is Jim Benning getting rid of all the players that Mike Gillis acquired. He hated Cassian from the beginning, and he thinks Cassian's a gentle giant. He's a finesse power forward who's a great playmaker. There's no one like Cassian. And well, well, yeah, Cass that the only thing is, is that Cassian has been here now. He's gone through three coaches, and all three coaches did not like him. And who'd we get all back? Brandon Prust. Dude, Prusty. Brandon Prust. Brandon Prust had what was considered a great season last year. 18 points. That's right. 18, 18 <laughs> points. He, he, he's a role player. Brandon Prust is a role so player. So is Derek Dorsett. So is I Derek Dorsett. Yeah, I know, but Prust can actually take on more heavyweights than Derek Dorsett can. Like, Derek Dorsett got in the most fights last year in the league, but I bet you he didn't win half of them. Frost is a goon. Yeah, and that's what, and that's what Benning wants to do with this team. He oh, knows God. that... How, how is Brandon Trust going to help the Vancouver Canucks win? Like, he didn't do anything with Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Well, he might not help him win, but he'll scare the living crap out of teams coming into the building that want to play against us. That's John Scott's job. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have John Scott. We got Brandon Pruss. After seeing Brandon Pruss play in the Atlantic, he's not scaring anybody. Nope, not at all. He's making the Tampa Bay Lightning bench laugh at him. Yeah, and speak. If you can still, you guys though could still have an Eric Griba, Brandon Preston incident, and have that fight go on since they're both out of West now. That's yeah. right, Edmonton taking uh, Eric Griba. Edmonton having a great offseason right now. Eric Griba, Sakara, and Griffin Reinhardt, unreal. I'm still not convinced Edmonton's uh, uh, going to make the playoffs. Not it over lies on Cam Talbot because the sample size isn't there yet. I think it, I think it comes down to, to overall defense. The, all their forwards, even their their superstar forwards, can't play defense. Well, they, they gotta figure out the third and fourth line. But you know, maybe sign Sean Horkoff. Sean Horkoff coming back to Edmonton. Jo jo uh, uh, Jordan uh, fucking Hall and Everly. They uh they, they haven't played a full season. Jordan fucking Hall. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played a full season in the NHL yet since they've entered the NHL. <laughs> like, they're soft. They're small, young players that are fragile. No, Nuge is fragile. Nuge hasn't Hall's played a full season for half the season. Go ahead, but, yeah, but Hall, Hall, isn't it the last two years in a row that they shut him down with about 20 games left? Because he, just... he goes all out. He goes all out. North-South. Two Canadian kid right there. Train track player. But he can't play defense. And I, that I, I do have to admit that uh, uh, Frolik was a good pickup. That's Calgary, so that, though. 
That was Calgary. Who who did, who was the uh, third line guy that they got? They got a third liner too, didn't they? I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Guys, you, you know who's up this year for Calgary, though, guys? Who? I think Calgary's going to be Former Ottawa West Golden Knight, Paul Byron. Paul Byron. <laughs> I love that. Oh, he's had he's had a tough tough couple of years. He had a uh, a bad injury this year after the season. But you know what? I think this year, I think this year is going to be his breakout year. I'm yeah, I'm expecting fifty points from him at least. From Paul Byron. From Paul Byron. Oh, that's uh. An interesting take. <laughs> also, a happy retirement to Marty St. Louis. That's I think. I think. Is, is, is this guy going to the Hall of Fame? Marty St. Louis. Absolutely. He's got the lady things. He's got the cups, and he won the scoring title a couple years back. One thousand and thirteen points. That's good for third in the undrafted players list. Yep. He's going who leads well. that? Who leads that list? Just a question. Um, I don't know. It just went off the screen on Sportsnet that it's on this beside oh. us. Okay. And you want to talk about? Who players have fallen off the ladder that the Canucks have drafted? Cody Hodgson. Bought up by, bought up, the myth, the legend. Cody Hodgson didn't want to play here. His dad, when he, he got drafted played. here, his dad made it very clear uh, in a radio hit that he did in Toronto that Cody Hodgson wanted nothing to do with coming here. That that relationship was stale before he even started playing here. Yes. And then he got into that big fight with AV. Yes, and now he's got bought out by Buffalo, and now he's signed a one-year deal with Nashville. Smashville! <laughs> there was no way Benning was going to go after Cody Hodgson. <laughs> and what's and now? How did everyone feel about that Bieska trade for a second-round pick in the next year's draft? Losing one of our heart and soul guys of the of, of the Canucks team. Got Everybody got what they I'm wanted. Benning got it. No, 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 no! I'm fucking pissed. Who's our leader? <laughs> Daniel fucking Henrik Sedin. Well, that's not true. The leader in the dressing room, and all the players will tell you. You should have seen the the players on Twitter saying bye to Bies Bieska. Nobody did for Kessler. But if, if you ask all the players, the one that talks in the room, the one that talks on the bench is Bieksa. The Daniel and, and Henrik talk to each other and their line mate. They don't talk to the rest of the team. Bieksa did all that. And the players have actually said that. Like He was, he was uh, the main reason why Kessler lost the A off his jersey when Tortorella came here. And now Kessler's happy he's going there. I wonder if Kessler knows that Bieksa was one of the reasons why he lost the A. I've got breaking news. The LA Kings Slava Voinov will be in prison for 90 days and will have a three-year probation. So that means he ain't going to be able to cross the border. Is that what's going to happen? Is it, that mean he's going to be out for three years now? I don't know. Well, yeah. after three years, too, no hockey for three years, his career's going to be over if that's the case. Well, that's what I'm thinking. He yeah. really tried to cross the border. Mike Richards. And, El <laughs> and LA drafted this guy. What a dumb move by them. I mean, what? like, he didn't do domestic violence before he was drafted, so. Someone will throw money at Slava Voinov over the season in the KHL, though. That's true. That's oh, very yeah. true. Get him on bail. <laughs> I need a lighter. 
And now let's talk about the big trade that happened on the on the opening of free agent day. Phil Castle traded to Toronto Maple Leafs to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike, you're a Pens fan. How do you feel? Well, uh, another first round draft pick is gone. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. And Phil Castle is going to help in the in, in the short term, but in the long term, the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> I don't know what Jim Rutherford's doing with this team with this management. It, it, it's re- it's really just uh, unbelievable. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, trading away all their prospects and, and, and really don't have a future right now. It's all or nothing, and the team doesn't look that great. I think with Phil Kessel beside either Malkin or Crosby, I have a feeling he'll play on the same line as Crosby. Kessel's going to score a lot of goals. James because Neal's, Kessel is yeah. one of the best goal scorers in the league when he's got a guy that can pass him the puck. And Who's better to pass you the puck than Sidney Crosby? And, and you know what? They are going to score a lot of goals, but the problem is the Pittsburgh Penguins decor has never looked worse uh, in this that current era of the team. And, 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 it's always, and it's always been an embarrassment for them, especially in the playoffs. So now looking at it, this is really going to be a struggle for them to compete, I think. Yeah. Ever since Latang got, uh, uh, got injured and then had that uh, heart, what was it, a heart attack or something like that? A stroke. stroke. A stroke, yeah, he hasn't been the same. No, for sure. And, you know, he, he came back, and, and you wonder if he came back too soon or, or what. I think he did. Once he had that stroke, he was back fairly quick. He was back the same, like, fairly quickly. The same I season. Was surprised. And still I thought he would have been the season for sure. You know who's out for the season? Drew Willie, one of the Blue Bombers. Yeah, I, I, watched that, I watched that hit. I was like, what my God, dirty. how do you not call a penalty on that? I'm watching it right now. What a dirty... I played football, and I've had a few concussions in my life, but I've never been rocked that hard. No, well, and you look you look at that play, and you're like, how did the refs miss that blatant headshot? Oh, I know. That's something... You know who would have had thought, a bad day today? Like, oh, no. This... Oh, jeez. Like the guy is wrapped up by, by, by the, uh, the defender... He's going down. Why take that extra shot? He left his feet and launched himself like a bullet. As a linebacker, you're always guaranteed you have to take that extra shot on a quarterback. I mean, yeah, it's tough that he was going down at the same time and he ended up going head-to-head. But you have to realize that I mean, you have to be in control of what you're, where you're hitting and where you're leading to. Well, and you're not supposed to lead with your helmet on a quarterback, like because you can. It's it's like a missile. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's how you get your concussions, right? I mean, I remember my last concussion. I went in to go block a punt, and I got a, a headshot to the side of my head, just like Drew Willie kind of did. Also, not that severe, but Drew Willie was kind of under the chin, though. It was like he he kind of sort of saw it coming. Yeah, no, that did happen fast. My helmet came off when I got hit there. Willie hit the ground and like he didn't move. I thought he was knocked out. He might have. He been was knocked out. out. No, he was knocked out. You can tell as he was going down, he was knocked out. Yeah, he, yeah. His eyes rolled in the back of his head. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, Five starting quarterbacks have gone down in the first two weeks of the season. Oh yeah, it's brutal. I sent a tweet out there saying, you know. As much as I love football and all that, something's got to be done. I mean, the five quarterbacks is a little much, and whether they it's the refs have to take after the headshots, they've taken control of it in the NFL. Anytime yeah, you yeah. hit a quarterback, you get a penalty now. 
Well, I mean, I mean, depends on where it is, right? You can't hit a quarterback in the NFL below the waist. Well, that's or above the shoulders. The only place you can hit him is the torso. Yeah, that's normal rules, though. Yeah, it's like if, if you're blocking a lineman downfield, you can't take his knees out. It's clipping. It's a 15-yard chop block, whatever they decide to call it at the time. Yeah, and and now let's talk about another big trade that happened during during the draft or, af, or afterwards. The Boston Bruins train away when the players they got in the Phil Kessel trade, Dougie Hamilton, trade away to the Calgary Flames for a first-round pick and a second-round pick in a 2015 you know entry what? draft. No, 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 no. I want to talk about one player, guys. He was involved in the Kessel deal. Tyler Biggs, the former hey. first-rounder. Biggsy. Hasn't played a lick of the NHL yet. Hasn't seen an NHL. Yeah. And Played eight rest, games in Orlando. This, this just goes to show you that the Pittsburgh Penguins, basically this prospect pool is where prospects go to die. Look at Angelo Esposito and now Tyler Biggs. This hey. is a guy that has never played a game in the NHL, and looking at the way that he's developed, he never will. What the hell is Jim Rutherford doing bringing him on uh, as, as a piece in this well, look at what You look at what Rutherford did for, with the Carolina Hurricanes. That, that, that ought to tell you a lot. Here, take it down. Oh, I can hear you. What the hell is that? Hey, Trev. Yeah. The uh, Vancouver Canadians. Okay. Oh, and, man. And a bit of a pickle tonight. Okay, so, uh, you know, this past weekend, the Canadians sold out all three of their first home games yeah. and won all three of them as well. Uh, they were back. Right, they, didn't win, they didn't win the, the title last year, right? But they won the No, nope, they previous? lost in the final to the Hillsboro Hops. But uh, they were 500 going back to the road. They're now 6 and 9. They lost tonight 17 to 2. 17 to 2. It was, a, it, was <laughs> a, it was a mugging. It was a mugging. Trev, how the hell does that happen? 17 runs against in professional baseball. Well, you know, John Schneider not managing his bullpen properly. That's and this really team is in a pickle, to say the least. Boy, six and nine. That for for a team that has, uh, you, you know, they're basically perennial champions. You know, this this is not where the Canadians want to be. Speaking of champions, Michael, the Ottawa oh, champions. Let me tell you, we can talk about that if you want. I want to talk about Hal Lanier and his inability to function in the can <laughs> What do you think of that? <laughs> Depends. Is it a post game interview? I'm talking about everything from pregame to post game. Public's ejection. He didn't even try to get ejected. He just went out to to argue a call at second base, and the umpire, boom, not having any of it, he's gone from the game. And the audacity to remove Frank Sosa from the lineup? Are you kidding me? Frank Sosa Frank released. Sosa. Oh my he's god! Brought oh, in a former Double uh, A player, Albert Cartwright, the Bahamian. How's Andy Werner doing? You know, you could still pick up Andy Warner on your uh, MLB fantasy team if you want. He's registered in there. Is he actually? Has he actually is. know who's my favorite player, though, Mike? Who's that? The Beard, John Talley, first baseman. Fear the Beard. Let me tell you, that's uh, that's a big thing in Ottawa right now. Fear the Beard. It's sweeping. I, want, I wanted to ask you guys what you guys thought about the LA Kings and the Mike Richards fiasco that's going to get really ugly really soon. You know, I think it's only a matter of time before Jeff Carter's busted. 
You know, I, I'm fully expecting to see uh, Mike I Richards on border security on National <laughs> Geographic. <soon. laughs> I think Lombardi Which, and LA are screwed. I think they screwed themselves. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the 0607 Auto Sanders hashtag Coke Boys. That's right. There's a Ray Emery, Wade Reddick, go on and on. Half the team, really. It's still the case in Ottawa. There's a big problem. Yeah, there is. Down on Dallas. Ray, Ray, Ray yeah. That guy was nuts, man. Nuts. Like a, 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 a boxer turned, uh, turned hockey goalie. Hey, but you know what? Respect to him. He came back from a broken hip. Oh, he and did. Yeah. And hey, you know what? Still now he's down in Philadelphia. That's where he belongs. Oh, no, yeah. that's true. He's true. He, he kind of, he kind of uh, took over the footsteps of Ron Hextall a bit there. Hardy <laughs> <laughs> <Party> heart. <laughs> but if uh, LA goes and spends the rest of their money on their cap, and Mike Richards uh, um, um, grieves this, and I'm pretty sure he's going to win, LA won't be allowed to put, uh, won't be allowed to play any hockey until they get down to the cap again. They'll have to get rid of like a really good player in order to be able to play. Because you can't play a game when you're over the cap. You have to basically forfeit those games under the CBA. Guys, I have an issue with the Boston Bruins and what they did at the draft. I'm, I uh, was confused. Okay, no, Don they Ames. they get picks 13 through 15. Zaboro, Zaboro, Zaboro was a fine pick, but when you have Barzell on the board, Shabbat, like. And Colin White and Travis Konechny. You're going to pick Jake DeBrusque, who wasn't even supposed to go in the first round? Are you kidding me? I was a little... I was a little confused on what Don Sweeney was doing. Yeah. How about the uh, the Ottawa boys, Zach Sinishin, going 15th to the Bruins? That's what we think of the Ottawa boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, well, you know what? He's uh, he's a he's guy that's supposed to go about fiftieth. So, this Don Sweeney is drafting for you. That guy that the Canucks uh, got, though, according to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, insiders, he was he's the best goal scorer in the past several drafts. You know who I think is going to be flourish for you guys for the Canucks? I I've, I've said this before the Calgary Flames. Do that for him. Sven Berchi. Oh yeah, no, 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 no! I'm not high on him at all. Love Sven Berchi. Need some Sven. I think Jake Buchanan is gonna is gonna be a really good hockey player. And I think he's also gonna be really injury prone and miss half the season next year. I don't know about that. He's just as big as uh, Cassian, and he throws his weight around better than Cassian does. At least he did in junior. Now I know the NHL is different, but he there's, played really well in Chicago with the pros. But there's His no leash on the guy. There's, there's no leash on the guy. He's some at the World Juniors. He's taking penalties left and right. He can score, sure, but I don't know about him. I think he's you know, a scorer. He can't pass, and he's not an all-around player. You know, Trev, though, you know who was a former Canuck and also flourished under Michelle Terry, and you have to watch it with Zach Cassian? Dale Weiss. Oh, God. He played well, really he, well. He, he's good in overtime in the playoffs. He's better he's than good passing player. was. You know, Dale Weiss, Dale Weiss, he's a meat and potatoes train track kind of player, you know? He is a train you track. Know, you know what's funny? We gave Dale Weiss away for 
What was his name? That defenseman, Rafael Diaz. Yeah, well, I think sixty-one. Right now, Dale Weiss is better than Brandon Prust. No, I yes. agree, hundred uh, percent. That's not debatable. Brandon at all. Prust. Brandon Prust knows his role and he plays his role to a T. Like he's excellent at playing that role. Disagree. No, Brandon Prust is. Uh, really ineffective as a goon and I think you saw that in the playoffs this year really couldn't even get under the skin of the uh, Ottawa Senators one of the youngest teams in the NHL one of the most impressionable teams in the NHL when it comes to these kinds of players yeah he did take out Stefan in the Ranger series he got suspended for it though no that's right you gotta stay within the rules yeah well, yeah, Brandon Press doesn't always do that. He's more of a Matt Cook type player. No, for sure. And, and, and you know what? You look at a model kind of player that, you know, actually has never been suspended in his NHL career, and it's a shock for a lot of people. Chris Neal. And, you know, for a guy that's, you know, playing on the edge a long time and, and getting under people's skin, he's never been suspended. That's a shock. The Canucks have been trying to get Chris Neal for like two years. But he won't waive his no-trade clause because he's loyal to Ottawa. Yeah. And, and you know what? That, that, that's the kind of player that anybody, uh, any team would want. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to put a quick trivia out here for you guys, just for fun. Oh, whoa, whoa! Connor McDavid was selected in the KHL draft in 2014. Who chose him? In what round? Dynamo Moscow. I have oh. no clue. I'm going to say Admiral Vladivostok. Wasn't he, like, picked in the first round right at the very top? I remember when... Round two, 77th overall to Medspec Zagreb. The KHL, uh, I saw the report afterwards, and the reason why they picked Connor McDavid is because they were... Because he was eligible for the draft for the KHL before the NHL, and they were hoping that Connor McDavid wouldn't go to the NHL and would come to them first. Because that would again sell tickets and their brand would would go up like did you have you noticed since uh, Connor McDavid has been a member of the Oilers now everybody wants to be an Oiler yeah, I don't know about that like they went I mean, and got Sakara Sakara because they offered him 5.5 million yeah is he exactly you guys I don't know how Edmonton's going to be able to stay under the cap they got all these superstar players like, I have no idea how they're going to stay under the cap. Well, well those Chicago. Chicago okay, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. If, if, if you had to pick between Edmonton and Winnipeg, which NHL team would you play for? Winnipeg. Yeah. I'd go Winnipeg all the way. Whiteout. How about that? Yeah, I'll go. Oh, oh no, Mike, when I think of a whiteout, I think of Phoenix. Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona. Now the Gila River Arena. Where is River it's right that next to a casino. That whiteout from Phoenix came from the Winnipeg Jets. No, I think it came from Phoenix. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're the uh, they're the innovators. Winnipeg just stole it, right? Exactly. Well, it, but 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 Winnipeg got moved to Phoenix. Uh, I think Phoenix got moved to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> If you all like to talk about, I've traded another trade that Boston made. Traded Milan Lucic to the LA Kings. I mean, well, he's probably didn't keep the wasn't all that happy about it, but he said he really wanted Vancouver to make that trade. I think he'll be a Canuck next year. 
when he's a UFA. This is where he wants to be. He said that on the radio right after he got traded. As long as Benning's here, I agree. You know what's a trade that's rattled me, though, guys? Is the TJ Oshie trade. Oh, well, you know what, Ty? What the St. Louis Blues need are heart and soul players. And what you're getting is Troy Brower. A heart and soul guy. He, he can play in every position. Yeah, I know he can, but like... This guy was like the 10th best player on the Blackhawks back in 2010, and he was still amazing. So you're getting a real good player at BC Boy at that, too. Right, but I, I mean, I'm an Oshie fan, too. And he's yeah, a hard like in the Blues. I had Oshie on my fantasy oh. team last year. So frustrating, because he's either getting like 10 points a week or zero a week. Yeah. This guy is so... What really perplexed me was the... Was the Brandon Sod trade that came oh. on the left field? And Stan Bowman said after the Blackhawks won the cup that we're going to match any offer sheet that, that are thrown our way. Yeah. And then he realized, oh shit, we can't even afford them. They they still are way uh, they they only got a couple million left and don't have nearly as uh, enough players to uh, to roster a team yet. Very yeah. surprised that Brandon Saad didn't end up going to Pittsburgh as hometown. Uh, there, I think that's a missed opportunity for the Penguins. Yeah, uh, to get kind of a playoff performer type uh, guy. I totally agree. Chicago, uh, I, I, I don't see Chicago making the playoffs next year. I mean, either. No. Their defense no. is thin already, and now you're losing well, they OT. Might have what have you? Because he's a UFA at the end of the year. Yeah. And they don't have money to pay anybody right now. Well, they and, and they're playing in a real tough start. division, too. you got to remember that. No, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But yeah. the Pacific Division got better um, uh, from the draft on, too. Like, Edmonton will be better. I still don't think they're a playoff team yet. I'll believe it when I see it. I want to see how these pieces all come together. Guys, do the Blue Jackets make the playoffs next year? Because this was a crazy good second-half team. They were so hot going to the end of the season. And now they have Saad, Artnell, Felino, Johansson, what have you. Nick Foligno. Oh, there's a lot of good teams in the East. There is a lot of good teams in the East. Uh, Luongo seems to think that they're going to make the playoffs next year. So I don't know about that, but that Nick Foligno trade to Columbus, Mark Mathot coming back. Mathot is a good, uh, a good meat and potatoes type player too. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a he's a real medium rare kind of player. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, on, what do you guys think of Buffalo and, and the moves that they've been uh, they've been pulling? They've put themselves into a, a conversation for the playoffs with the uh, with the teams like Florida and Ottawa. I think I think you know I'm just never being a Ryan O'Reilly fan. I think he's the most overrated player in the NHL. Michael well, uh, isn't playing for next year either. He's already said that he's going back to college. Really? Yeah. Really? He said that before the draft even happened, that he was going to no, play. No, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I think he'll play in the NHL. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that he got like, like $5 million with his signing bonus and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's $3 million, to be honest, but it's around there. I Buffalo think is stacked, though. It all depends on Laner, just like it depends on Talbot, though, in Edmonton. Uh, but well, they still want defense. Yeah, but they have Eichel and Reinhardt, Evander Kane... They're stacked up the middle in terms of forwards. Well, yeah, but you got you, you, like Edmonton. Edmonton had all this firepower and could score lots of goals. The only problem with Edmonton is they couldn't keep them out of their net. How is Buffalo going to keep them out of their net? 
I think the Sabres have a better goaltender than the Oilers did at that point, though. They yeah, do. Yeah. No, they, that's very true, but they don't have anybody in front of them. Like, Leonard's going to have to stand on his head a lot. <laughs> it, that, that is true. And they're going to have to improve their defense, I think, and that's the next step for them. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got Bogosian, Ristolainen, but after that, Mike Weber? Bogosian is a good offensive defenseman. I thought Russell Martin would have been a good a good choice for Buffalo. Russell Martin, yeah. Russ Martin. Jaden. Homer tonight for the Blue Jays. Yeah, he's a dual sport kind of guy. And he's a heart and soul guy, just like Josh Donaldson. Let's get into the All-Star game, guys. <laughs> Isn't he leading the votes right now? Yes, he is, and the, vote, the voting just ended tonight, actually. Oh, I didn't let's, vote. let's hope he was starting, yeah. I did not vote. I hope he doesn't lose by 35 or less. Let's talk about those Toronto Blue Jays, though. Uh, Mike, where do you think this team's heading? You know what? Uh, by the looks of it, uh, I think it's just the only direction they can go is up right now. They, they're just uh, playing a, a brand of baseball that's exciting. They're able to get back into these games. You know, as long as the top of the rotation can hold up, they're going to, you know, basically fire their way into the playoffs right now. You, I know, think. you know what they need? If, if Toronto had... Um, good pitching, like really good pitching, they'd be the best player in the majors or best team in the majors by easily. Well, they're the best offensive team in the majors by a mile. By a long yes. shot. Yeah, Toronto has number one runs, 435. Next team, New York. The Yankees with 368. So yeah. it, It's no contest. No contest at all. They just need pitching. Like that, they started a new pitcher that had never played in the in the major leagues before, and they boss. What happened to Sean? Oh, bad connection. <sighs> See you later. One, two, three, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let to get the conversation back on track. This, there was not a whole lot of moves made this free, during this free agency compared to last year's. And teams weren't willing to throw a whole lot of money around like last year. Yeah, it wasn't there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't we talking about the Jays? Come on. We're talking about the Jays. Yeah. <laughs> what the Jays are going to do, and Alex Anthopoulos is going to do it, and, you know, he took a lot of heat last year for not making a move at the deadline. Anthopoulos was so close to trading Kevin Pillar for a rental player. Kevin, Kevin Pillar is now batting around 270, and he's going to win a gold glove. Can you go what, how, how, about the, how about the Can-Am League uh, veteran, Chris Chris Colabello. Colabello. No, no kidding, and uh, you know he's still hitting three hundred plus. What a batter that guy is! That shows you the caliber of the Canadian league, eh, Mike? Yeah, it really would. does. You know they could just churn out players left and right. They're yeah. doing it again with Andy Warner. And what I think Anthopoulos is going to do? He's going to trade to Oakland once again. Billy Bean's going to help him out. Grab Scotty Casimir, currently has an ERA of like two fifty, uh, and Tyler Clifford, another good reliever. 
Uh, what are you going to give up? You don't have to give up Manuel Norris for those guys, but you're going to have to give up Lane Thomas, the second baseman of your Vancouver Canadiens. Hey, what about uh, our new signing, the 16-year-old of Dominican Republic? Oh, yeah. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. There we go. I'm waiting for you to finish the sentence. How about that? This guy is going to replace Edwin Encarnacion. Easily. Edwin Encarnacion, not an easy replacement. In my opinion, the second best player after the... Uh, the the uh, recent signing Josh Donaldson. I yeah I think Josh Donaldson's the best player in the major leagues. Then there's Joey Bautista. Who is going to match Josh Donaldson in the major leagues? There's nobody. No one. No one at all. But you see like, that catch? Jose Bautista, guys. Jose Bautista. This guy's a badass. He's bat flipping after walks. <laughs> you know, uh, Jose Bautista. Used to think he was an asshole, but uh, it's kind of winning me over. I gotta admit. Oh yeah, someone you want on your team, but you don't want to play against. Exactly. That's right. He's a he's a Chris Neal train track type of guy, you know. He is. Kind of reminds me of uh, you know a guy like it would be like a Sean Avery, except good. Oh. Well, that's a great comparison. Corey Perry. He's the Corey Perry of the MLB. Corey Perry. Because he can drop him. He's a big boy. And hey guys, Mark Burley is the Scott Gomez of the MLB. <laughs> just keeps going. Just keeps going. He just keeps going. He, he is rolling. Games was started pitcher Mark Burley over after an hour and a half. And Drew, yeah. Drew Hutchison, guys. Drew Hutchison has an ERA over four, but he's eight and one. Yo, Hutch City though. He's great at he's great at home. He's just terrible oh, yeah. on the road. Yeah, his ERA is like under two at home and over eight on the road. What really hurt the Blue Jays before they even even started was when Strowman got hurt. I thought he was gonna have a fabulous year. You see how good Chris Archer's pitching in Tampa. This is the same way Strowman can be for us. And just Sanchez is gonna bad. be another phenomenal pitcher too. Yeah, when Sanchez but it comes up when the Blue Jays get Stroman, you know, everybody's saying the Blue Jays have to make these moves to get better and better. These guys are in their system right under their nose. They just got to be patient for a year or two. Get these guys to buy in and return on the offensive side, and this team can win a World Series. Yep, and people say two, for, two to three years from now, the Jays will have the best pitching rotation in the MLB. So it's looking really good in terms of prospects. Like Buck like Martinez said last season when they back, went, back, they back, these, get up, get up. They went, all, they, went uh, they went and got all these players and everything like that, and uh, everything they, they said. And the Blue Jays were picked like to win the World Series, like they were the favorites. The problem was that the Blue Jays went and got all these players from losing organizations. So all these players, all they ever knew was losing. And you yeah. can't just put a bunch of losing players that are really good on a team because their mentality is still, well, we've, we've always lost games. They've got to learn how to win, and now they're starting to do that. And these players aren't that old where they're out of their prime or anything like that. Nope. Josh Donaldson's under the age of 30. Just like those, those top five, those top five on, on, in the... Uh, in the batting order are fantastic. And then you put Navarro in for like a pinch hitter or something like that. Yep. 
Keanu Navarro uh, really shocked. He's not the starting catcher right now. They tried to get rid of Canadian Russ Martin, though. I think Russ Martin just brings leadership, intensity, fierceness. He brings a great beard, too. Okay. You know what? That is pissing me off. How about pissing me off, Trev? What's grinding your gears? What's grinding my gears, Mike? Todd Redman. Todd Redman just got DFA'd. Old country strong Todd Redman. (laughs) My favorite reliever just got DFA'd. (laughs) <laughs> Who's coming up? Uh, it looks like Daniel Norris is going to rejoin the club because Matt Boyd allowed seven runs without even getting a fucking out. An infinity ERA, Trev. You know, you know, I like to see uh, I, I like to see uh, guys like get sent down in baseball. You know, when they get DFA'd, there's just <laughs> something about that. You know, it's the, oh, they're not getting sent down on the minors; they're getting DFA'd. Like you're fucked. Well, I heard a lot of a lot of stories coming out that the Blue Jays were going after some of these different pitchers, like Papelbon was one of them. Oh, jeez, no, 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 no. Papelbon costs way too much, but there's a guy like K-Rod out there, Tyler Clifford, a reliever for the Athletics, Scott Kazmier, Johnny Cueto's going to cost way too much, but if you can get something like Kazmier and Clifford from Oakland, you bring Kazmier, that pulls Aaron Sanchez out of the starting rotation into the bullpen, and now you don't have to have a guy like Liam Hendricks or raise the bar for Steve Delabar in the rotate in the bullpen. I think yeah, you know, I, 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 I think Aaron Sanchez, Steve Delabar in the bullpen, though the Ken Amley alumni. Okay, you can take out Big Bo Schultz. I think Aaron Sanchez can be a really, really effective starter, though. He Me definitely too, was good as a reliever last year. Like he came in, like you, all you did was just. Retire batters, like you strike them out, strike them out, strike them out, strike them you know, out. You know the Jays have had this whole issue with who's they're gonna who's gonna be their closer. It's been a closer by committee type system lately. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm, you know who should be the Jays closer? Who's that? All right, Dickie. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, that that came out of left field. Out of right field too, both ways. Has there ever been a, a pure knuckleball pitcher as a closer before? I think so. No, not There's at all. There's a reason for that. What's a rarity is <laughs> how many lefty closers are in the MLB. A world is Chapman. Who else? Brad Cecil. Oh, God. Well, how'd that work out? Cecil Cecil's <laughs> a setup man, though. He's not really the closer. Cecil well, looks, looks for a month. Cecil looks like he just came out of East Hastings. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he looks like he looks like uh, uh, you ever seen uh, that movie with uh, Charlie Sheen in it? That baseball movie, uh, Wild Thing. He, that's what Chris Diesel kind of looks like. He comes to the bullpen. Kind of looks like Charlie Sheen out of that out of uh, out of that movie. <laughs> oh, that's the best. You know what, Trevor? Uh, the, the more I think about it, the more I think the Jays should open their wallets and sign Johnny Papelbon. <laughs> you know what? His intimidation is remarkable. The stare down. It's unreal. It's unprecedented. Yeah, but I, game the last five and a half hours. hours before, I would buy a jersey. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. If the Jays do go out and trade for Johnny Pap City, I'm buying his jersey. <laughs> With Pap City on the back. Light up, light up some cigars. 
They probably <laughs> cost to up their active roster, but it's going to cost them some really good prospects. Like, you what know if what? they want a Sanchez or something like that for them? They're going to want a Norris. They're going to want a Hoffman. They're going to want a Miggy Castro. You know? You know? What I if they even ask Sanchez? You have to open the bank. You have to open the bank. city up in there, and you never know what the ceiling is. AA has to mortgage his future. You see those CIBC commercials? He needs to pay a visit. <laughs> no, but they're sponsored by TV, so that's be TV. Yeah. You know what? You know what's pissing me off, Mike? Mike, what's grinding my gears? These Jay's commercials. Oh, but the bread is so good in the hotel. No, but like the uh, the hotel, the, the hotel looks so the, ju- good. the Junior Jay's Saturday, the show oh, commercial. Was- I think my favorite one is uh, Jamie Campbell cutting off Jose Bautista. How about, how about Drew Hutchinson <laughs> and Bach? What's that sign? Oh, he needs to give me some hairstyle tips. Are you kidding me? Guys, Buck Martinez, I'm going to say this right now. Buck Martinez is greater and better at life than Vin Scully. Yep. Hey, I agree with that one. You know, at least Buck Martinez can work with another commentator. Well, back when Vin Scully started, there was no such thing as working with somebody else. He had to do it by himself, and he just it grew. Up. I mean, you know, when Jim Robson started with the Vancouver Canucks, he did it by himself. Jimmy That's... Robson, there you go. Yeah, hey, Jimmy Robson or Jimmy Houston? What do you think? Oh, how about, how about Mark? How about Marky Mark Lee? Mark Lee. <laughs> Jim Robson, uh, uh, he commentated all sports. Everyone. Mark Lee, Mark Lee called CFL. Mark Lee, Lee called Lee. Rodeo, the Calgary Stampede. Hey, I'm going to make a petition, guys. Mark Lee to call the World Series. Big fat home run. <laughs> Mark Lee freaking gets on my nerves. I turn the freaking Oh, come on. Off. Late nights in Edmonton on Saturday nights. Oh, it's great. Mark Lee. Mark Lee down in San Jose. That's the best. Oh, God, those Calgary-San Jose games. Yeah. That's a short tank. you got to love those Hawkman and Canada games in either Colorado or Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah. Remember when they sent Bob Cole down to Phoenix? He probably didn't even know what this was. (laughs) This is a city? (laughs) Remember when Bob Cole was calling Pittsburgh Columbus? That was an embarrassment to Bob Cole. You know, Bob Cole called Pittsburgh New York Rangers this year, too, and I don't think he even knew that Derek, St- or pardon me, uh, Carl Heidlin ended that series in overtime. <laughs> he was oblivious. He does mostly Montreal and Ottawa games because he's had a problem, and that's why he, uh, Robson quit. Yeah, but uh, Bob Cole was having a problem with remembering players' names, so they try oh, to keep him. Really? Oh, that's been the problem. Oh, there's the goalie with it. But but you can't underestimate that guy when when it starts uh, getting uh, the pace starts picking up there. Bob Cole really knows how to sell it to the fans. Like oh, yeah. for game, like you're on the edge of your seat just because like his voice just goes up and up and up, and when he scores a goal, it's just like man, it gives you goosebumps sometimes. And shit. Oh boy, Ottawa, mean, fans, Ottawa fans really not uh, on the good side of Bob Cole because of those many series against the Toronto Maple Leafs where he played the Homer role as a Leafs commentator on national television. That uh, really soured a lot of people. 
back then. My favorite goalie was Patty Laleen. Hey, Patty I met him once. Me too. Good guy. Uh, guys, though. You who also met? Cujo. Oh, Cujo. Guys, remember Cujo in Detroit? His mask was unreal. I don't really remember his mask all that much. I remember Patty Lee's mask. I was a big person. fan of I was a big fan of Ed Belfort. Eddie Bells. Cujo, Cujo couldn't make it in the uh, in the Olympics though. Marty Brodera to take over for him. Speaking I, of I, the Olympics, speaking of the Olympics, even though this isn't really Olympics, but uh, how many people are gonna be watching the Pan Am Games? Because I know I won't be. I won't be. I won't I'm, be. I'm gonna talk about FIFA though, Ty. Oh boy. Uh, you know what? A tough loss to England. But uh, what's even worse is Lauren Sesselman. Yeah. Uh, Just. I mean. I'm speechless. I am speechless. You know we supported. Guys, I got a question for you. I got a question. Lauren Sesselman or JP Aaron Sebia for worst tirades? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> People calling Cecilman a Playboy model? Are you kidding me? Oh, that's rude. That's rude. That's hey, that deserves a, it, are you it's, kidding it's me? It's fucking disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. It is. I feel like throwing up just right now. You know what? They were doing that in the Daily Mirror over in England with the women's English team, too. You know what? I think it's just disrespectful. Canada, Canada should have beat England. Did he, England even have the ball? Like... No, we definitely had the time possession. Canada uh, must have had eight percent of the possession in that game. I mean, it wasn't eight; it was like fifty-five. But I mean, Sinclair just carrying the team on her back. Sinclair was a beast out there. But then, who was that person who just sucked? Ty, who just missed all those chances? Oh, um, the old, older one. I know. Tangredi. Tangredi. Yeah, that's right. Eric Tangredi's sister. Eric (laughs) Tangredi. Ten, ten like there, there was one miss, right? Okay. right? Mike, Mike, right? Mike. I want to talk about Trevor Gillies just fucking <laughs> mashing Tank <laughs> Reddy into that. Here comes, here comes Trevor Gillies. Oh, oh, here comes Aaron Goddard. Is that Aaron Goddard's off the bench? He's off the bench. That is one of the best brawls in national history. Literally laughing his ass off on the bench. I think my favorite thing about brawls is when the two coaches are going at it with Pierre between the benches just staring up at them. <laughs> and he has, he has his mic muted the whole time. Yeah, he's know. like, I can't repeat what these guys are saying, but it's yeah, exactly. down here. <laughs> guys, I, I remember my first NHL game. Todd Bertuzzi smashing Steve Morris head into the ice. Avalanche jumped on top of Bertuzzi is what broke his neck. That's the way. That's the way I saw that play. Boy, we can go on and on about that. Hold on, first round. He's first still wearing. He's still wearing the head brace to this day. <laughs> Guys, first round of cut. I cut Marty St. Louis coaching his son's team. His son is wearing twenty six with a yellow stick. That's cut. Yeah, yeah, he sent out a tweet saying this is how my life is going to be or something like that now. Cut, uncut. I say that's cut. That's brutal. No, it's cut. Cut. 
What's the biggest moment in Marty St. Louis' career? I'm going to say that overtime winner against the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to say it's lifting Lord Stanley. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all four. No, that's that's overrated. I think it's, I think uh, it's definitely the game six uh, OT goal. Game six OT goal. Game the six. Pin- that's what the I'm pinnacle going of his career. The pinnacle. By the way, I got a lot of respect for Steve Moore, though. What Bertuzzi did was just disgusting. You know who's going to be a good player, guys? Tyler Bertuzzi. He is. Yeah. I'm not familiar with him at all. It's Todd's son, and he's leading the Guelph Storm in scoring, or at least he was last year. He's unreal. Great player. It's like the Domi situation. Your dad's a goon, but your son's an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, but Bertuzzi wasn't all wasn't like he he had some really effective seasons. He just he had some nice mitts. That was about it. How, how did Todd Bertuzzi last so long in the NHL? He's play, this guy's playing when he's forty one for Detroit. Yeah, Are you kidding me? He's really good around the net. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's kind of you can't move him away from the net, and he just taps in the rebounds. He's what Cassian was supposed to be. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And Cassian just was too dumb or just couldn't figure it out. One of the two. Hey, so has anybody won, has anybody watched the uh, first Tim and Sid shows? Oh yeah, I have. But Ty, I have a question for you. Who is Donovan Bailey? Oh, Trevor. I'm still not getting the memo. Trevor, Donovan. Enlighten me, man. Enlighten me. Donovan Bailey, the greatest sprinter. In Canadian history, it's not Michael Johnson. It's Donovan Bailey. It is Donovan Bailey. Don't don't be don't be uh, confused with Donovan Bennett of Tim and Sid. Hey, Donovan Bailey. All right. You know what? Uh, Michael Johnson. He didn't pull up. He's just a chicken. He is a chicken. He's a chicken who's afraid to lose. You know what? Let's let's re-race that race, and I'll kick his ass again. You know that's uh that that's probably the all time like burn. Oh, that's my favorite quote ever. Probably the worst burn I've ever heard, and nobody <laughs> will ever top it either. Let's run that race again, and I'll kick his ass <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But Donovan Bailey definitely was good. He was. He, he was telling me on Tim and said he was t- saying that there's still people. There's people coming up to him saying. Oh, I can't wait to see you at the Pan Am Games. And he's going, are you kidding me? I'm fat now. I can't run. People still think 20 years later that he can sprint and pull off a 9.7. Fun fact, Donovan Bailey was actually born in Jamaica. He was, yes, that's true. But his heart and soul is with Canada, (laughs) quote-unquote. A lot of the sprinters come from Jamaica. Like, that's all they do there is run. That's right. Well, I think, when I think of a sprinter, I think of the Blade Runner. Guys, when I think of a sprinter, I think of the Blade Runner himself. Oscar Pistorius. You know what you don't think of? Somewhere around there, too? Wasn't he from South Africa or or something like that? Guys, I have no regard for sprinting if Oscar (laughs) Pistorius is going to mug his wife. He got off on that too. Right? Fatally shooting his girlfriend and he gets off on that. Are you kidding me? Because he breaks down in the courtroom. Fucking pussy. Oh. <laughs> Stars get like that all the time. Daddy Pete, Craig McTavish. <laughs> if you're a star, you 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 get special treatment. I guess is what it is. 
<laughs> you know, guys, when I think of Jamaica, I'm not usually thinking of tennis. Jamaican patties? But as of today, I do because Dustin Brown, the Jamaican, beats Rafael Nadal in the second round of Wimbledon. What do you think about that? Well, you know, Mike, when I saw Dustin Brown trending on Twitter, I immediately thought Dustin Brown has been caught with cocaine. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just some tennis player. And good on him for beating Raphael Magic Nadal. You know what? Who made further than, than Nadal? Canadian Vasilik Pospisil. Guys, what's happening with Jeannie Bouchard losing to a 113th ranked opponent? Are you kidding me? She's lost something like 12 of her last 15 matches. What the hell you know, happened? Guys, I think that I could beat Jeannie Bouchard in straight sets right now. Yeah, what, probably. What's happened? Milos. Like, he's been like his baby. Milos! Milos! Okay, Milos. you know what? Guys, I don't even know if Milos Raonic is even Canadian. Well, he's not. He got his Canadian citizenship. Yeah. Well, what, he, he, uh, like, last year he was playing great, and now all of a sudden this year, like, you don't even hear him now. Well, like, where the hell is he? Hey, guys, is you want to know who my favorite Canadian <laughs> tennis player of all time is? It's Frank Danchevic. <laughs> <laughs> go, go look him up. That's Let a is that the guy that's really good at doubles? No, that's Daniel Nestor. Oh, thank you. He's pretty good. Frank, Frank Danchevic, the former good tennis player before Milos Raonic came around, he would dance all over the tennis court. Oh! <laughs> I'm watching City to Hot Dog right now. I'm watching the Unfinal Battle on YouTube right now. There's <laughs> <laughs> one up the gap. You know, my favorite part of that video, Trev, is when uh, John Waltonbury strikes out. <laughs> the base is loaded. And he struck out. Unbelievable. Oh, the, the lights go out. This is freaking me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also the manager ejection. You can't forget about that. Well... Hey Alex, is that you breathing? Yes. <laughs> you have a bad oh, Alex, Alex, can we talk about Toy Story? So. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, I got. Yeah, I gotta say that's gotta be my favorite movie of all time. I Which mean, one? The first one? Yeah, the first the one. one. Guys, I have a my question about Toy Story is, where is the dad? There's always no dad because there's because it's hard to animate. Cause, and plus, I think that's the reason why. And plus, it's always more it's always more realistic to have a mother than. No, no I, I'm thinking single parent. I'm thinking his father left. I think that's what happened there. So Toy yeah, Story has a dark side. It does. Got a dark side. Or you know the uh, the kid was an accident. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, also, maybe. How does he go to downtown Winnipeg? Am I right? <laughs> um, um, maybe. Um, 
or maybe that every time that he's been home, his father's been out working or been hanging out with his friends or something. <laughs> or, or maybe he's at the strip club. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe he's at the bar. <laughs> yeah, I came drunk like Homer Simpson. Of Peter Griffin. Yeah, but at least Homer came home to get drunk and then chilled part. Guys, uh, this past week, I watched a pretty dark movie. Gone Girl, starring Ben Affleck. And I am scarred. I'm mostly disturbed by that movie. What do you think of uh, Jurassic World, guys? Didn't see it, Mike, because you saw it without me. Oh. Sorry, Ted. I haven't seen that new Terminator either. I have a hard time going to a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like 86 years old and he's still playing in a movie. You know what Probably I watched last night? Really Probably terrible. I watched last night, or two nights ago, that only has one and a half stars. Definitely underrated. Semi-pro. Oh, yeah, he's that movie sucked. Uh, no, it was a great movie. It was funny. It was stupid, but it was funny. It was a great movie. How about Land of the Lost? I haven't seen it. No, oh, I like Tropic Thunder. <laughs> ben Stiller. Okay, guys, I think Ben Stiller is the worst actor of all time. I can't no, stand Nick Cage. Oh, oh have, you seen, have you seen Nick Cage in National Treasure, the best movie of all time? You need to. I'm a big fan of National Treasure. Who do you think? Who do you think is the best actor of all time? So Matt Damon. I'm, I'm not thinking. I'm Damon. thinking Jason Statham. Oh, I'm so thinking. I'm thinking for. I'm thinking for an actor that can play in any role that he is given and play that role perfectly would be Robin Williams. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm, Robin Williams. You're, yeah, go, you're on. You're on YouTube right now. Go look up. Um, where when he did a live show in New York, when he was playing his, him, and he was also playing a Scotsman, and they were talking about golf. How would that movie where he played the nanny? Of comedy I've ever Miss seen in my entire. How about Miss Doubtfire? Well, that's just it. Is he can play a funny movie? He can play any role that he is given. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Jim Carrey and The Mask. That's a good oh, one. Jesus oh, Jesus Christ, not The Mask. <laughs> okay, I got a few issues with The Mask. This, guy is going, this guy's going along the water, he finds a mask. Cameron Diaz in the movie puts on the fucking mask. How's the fucking dog with the mask? Another another really good actor I was just watching, Malcolm X, is uh, Denzel Washington. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Denzel. The thing with Denzel, though, is he's either a bad guy or a cop in almost any movie he plays in. And that's why you, got, got, you need some middle ground right there. Yeah, I know. He's a bad guy or he's a cop. That, that's why, like, Robin Williams is so much more versatile. You can play that's him. Not, I think I can start getting people up. But I think Vince Vaughn's my personal favorite of all time, just in terms of comedy. Well, I gotta say, what, my favorite actor of all time has gotta be Tobey Maguire. Well, it's some. Um, grab your attention while you're watching them. Mike, I haven't watched Raw since uh, WrestleMania, so I have no clue who Kevin Owens even is. Oh, he's the uh, freaking uh, what's the call it heavyweight champion? NXT. 
NXT, that's it. Guys, the turning point for WWE for me was, like, the downfall was the rated R superstar, Edge, suddenly oh, out of nowhere. Yeah, okay. oh, Oh, how about that? You know, before the shield, my favorite whole group was Nexus. When they came out of nowhere and mugged John Cena and put him on a stretcher, that was amazing. Wade Barrett, Wade. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is on Nexus. I still think the best, the best group ever in professional wrestling that made the biggest impact would have to be the NWO. Uh, I think Shield's better. Nope, Nexus. I'm thinking the Nexus with guys. NWO, NWO took over wrestling. Like they, they took over like. I watched a, a documentary on it, and uh, when WCW, just before they had gotten bought by Vince, they, uh, they didn't even have a script written. Like, the commentators were like, okay, we're ready for a match. And then all of a sudden, like, NWO would come out, and they'd be like, okay, maybe not. Like, they, no. nobody had any idea what was going on. I think Nexus was the best, honestly. They had Wade Barrett. They had David Atunga. They didn't last very long, though. They had Ryback. They had Bray Wyatt, whose character was, I forget what his name was, but they had all the guys. They had Curtis Axel in that group. They had all the up-and-coming guys. You know what, if you ask me, Nexus completely takes the cake. It just transformed WWE. Totally. What about DX? I'm a huge DX guy. Oh! Fuck I love the Nexus, man. I'm gonna buy a t-shirt right now. Mike, wanna invest in some wristbands? What's that? <laughs> I really like the Evolution song. That was a really good song for the, the people that were in Evolution. Mike, hey, anyway, I'm, I'm popping on Amazon right now to get myself a Nexus wristband. Guys, how about this one right here? Oh, hold on, there's another thing. <laughs> no, guys, guys. In the meantime, guys, my favorite wrestler of all time, CM Punk. CM Punk, guys. The Straight Edge Society. Oh. Alright, here we go. Are you ready? Oh my god. Lost to the legacy, if you can believe that. Get on your knees, dog. Ready, boys? I got my water bottle right now. Yep. That might be one of the best theme songs. I thought Evolutions was a really good song for like the 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 wrestlers that were in that group. It, it just seemed to fit. Was that where it was Batista and stuff? It was Batista, Orton, and Triple China H. China was in it for a little bit. Triple H and uh, Ric Flair. A great moment was when Woo! Batista put the thumbs down and turned face. Oh, that was Triple right. H to put the thumbs down and. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Then he got. And you know, Randy, uh, Randy Orton got. Oh, yeah, Randy Orton got yeah. power bombed. 
DX was great, but uh, a group beat them. A group of uh, up and comers and Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. How about that? Oh my God! Legacy. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Penny money. It's pretty sad that Dusty died, though. Oh, what a face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Guys, here for the sport. I was wondering why we haven't seen Cody on, on Raw for a long time, and then uh, we find out that Dusty had passed away, and I was like, oh, well, that's good to explain it. Yep. Dude, I'm going to play right, I'm gonna play my favorite. Hold on, I'll get in a second. My favorite. Wait, I got, I got mine first, so I got mine right there. Absolutely, that's, go that's ahead. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put mine on here. Society, right there. All right, ready for this one right here? This is my favorite. Gets me pumped up. Yeah. Like, what do you do when you say that? Yeah, I want to go beat up somebody too. <laughs> Which one do you guys prefer? Do you guys prefer Brock Lesnar as a UFC fighter or a WWE fighter? WWE for sure. For yeah. sure. Hey, Trev. Yeah, Trev. What's, up? what's up, buddy? I've, I've got one for you here. Oh, God. Tag teams of all time. Oh, Jericho. Jericho. Hold on, I like that. I got you on Jericho. Hold on, hold on. Jericho is great. Hold on, I got you on Jericho. Trip. <laughs> Jericho. Trip. I got you on on, uh, on Showmans here, Trip. Hold on. Oh God, Showmans. Hold on. Boy, for getting into Showmans, I think it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> everybody, everybody thought Brock and Nick Foley were the same stuff as the Bible. Guys, Big Show's just yelling in the background. Big Show! <laughs> the Rock and Sock Connection. Now there was a, a team. Remember that episode where uh, Mick Foley wanted to do something nice for The Rock, so he said, uh, so he set up that thing for "This Is Your Life," and all these guests that came out. Well, that girlfriend's the one that cheated on me and left me for another man. <laughs> oh, I better try this other one. You'll like this one. That was a great episode. <laughs> Guys, I wanted to thank Michael Nellis for joining us today. The unofficial mayor of Ottawa. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Thanks, Mike. Un Thanks. Un unofficial mayor of Ottawa. I like that. I like that, you know. So how about future mayor of Ottawa? Uh, Mike, can I be your uh, left-hand man? 
Of course. Oh, there we go. I mean, you already are, so you know. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Michael. One more thing. Don't your the... thoughts. Your thoughts on Carlos Verde. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot right there, but uh, yeah, I need some thoughts on Carlos Verde. You need some thoughts? I think he's a classy individual who, uh, you know, uh, thinks a little highly of himself. You can put it that way. Good stuff, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Trev, uh, before I leave, i got to ask you your thoughts on uh, Carlos Verde there. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Peace, buddy. Peace. Mike and Ellis from Sports Net by Nine of the Fan. Jesus. <laughs> well, that that really went south, guys. <laughs> south, north, east, west. North, north, east. <laughs> so, when are you guys predicting what's going to happen in the remaining days of the in your remaining days of NHL free agency like uh, you know what I, I think Sean Markov signs with Edmonton that's for sure yeah Sean Markov yeah I wonder where Joel Ward's gonna go I wonder if Benning is looking at somebody a big like that yep I thought maybe Johnny Oduya could come but you know he's on I'd rather France first out of 30 yeah me too but I don't know if we can afford Franson now. Can we? Well, yeah, but I think Franson will take less money to come here than anywhere else. I don't know about that. Like, this is his home. This is where he wants to play. I think Ryan Johansson and Evander Kane would take less to come here, too. Yeah, it's true, but Buffalo... Ryan Johansson's parents, who I've met before, have said that, uh, have told me right to my face that his dream is to play in the in, in a Vancouver Canucks jersey. Who has? Franson? No, no uh, Ryan Johansson's parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They live in Port Moody here. Nice. Ty, before we go, Ty. Yes. Jose Aldo. Rip fracture. Uh, absolutely disgusting. Won't be competing at UFC 189 against the notorious Conor McGregor. Uh, Your thoughts? Uh, disrespectful. Disrespectful to the Irishman. Yeah, he's and this whole time for Aldo, and now he's going to leave him at the altar. And you know what? Like, I'm watching the Jays game today, and they still are playing the promo commercial for the fight. Really? Like, eh? this, this is fun. In this pay-per-view, I watch it thoroughly, but... I mean, I don't want to see some no-name fight, Conor McGregor. Because McGregor, McGregor's going to break his head open in fucking yeah, five seconds. It's going to be a quick who's, fight. who's Punk going to be fighting in his first match? Well, Punk won't be fighting until 2016, apparently. Yeah. Like, well, even I thought it was training I thought at the end of this year. I was, I was watching. I was watching. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching TMZ Sports, and Dana White said early next year is when Punk's going to make his debut. Oh, see. I, thought it was late I, I can't wait, though. I can't wait. I hope he comes out with his theme song. Oh, Ty, we saw UFC Fight Night this past weekend. That's right. Who got who got knocked out? That one guy in the last round. Oh my god, that was terrible. Herb that Dean. guy should, that guy should fight Punk in the opening match. Yeah, I agree. It's sort of similar in type. Yeah. Punk's either either uh, um, gonna do really well or he's gonna do really bad. There's not gonna be an in between for him, and he's not that big. Considering, like, no, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be 
successful, but I'll be cheering for him for sure. He's straight oh, edge. He even said he even said in an interview he either said I'm gonna get my my teeth kicked in, or I'm gonna or I'm gonna do really well. Like this is his background. It, it's just one of those bucket list things that he wants to cross off, pretty much. Yeah. I don't think he'll last more than a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. Since he, he's in his he's in his thirties. So there is people that think that he's gonna sh- he's gonna show up back in uh, WWE again. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think so lot. at all. I saw his podcast interview with Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana, and uh, he has no relationship with WWE. It was a crazy. Well, uh, yeah, I know. He was fired at, on his wedding day. He was fired on his wedding day, pretty much. Look at Bret Hart, though. Bret Hart. It took him twelve years, but he came back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it though. And Bret Hart had a lot more to be mad at of Vince McMahon than uh, than Punk did. Like that, that, that when when Owen Hart died, and I was watching that match for Vince McMahon to say the show must go on was absolutely criminal. Trev, I just got a call. We've got um, we've got an emergency wedding crash. Holy shit! Where is that? Uh, it's gonna be down in Kelowna. Fly over, buddy. I'll meet you there. All right, sounds good. Uh, I heard it's gonna be um, an Asian one. So tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. But I gotta we I gotta fly now. So uh, right, are we gonna have to book some? Yeah, we gotta book some lost uh, long lost cousin story. Yeah. Oh yeah, we gotta book some airfare, man. Are we going the long lost cousin story then? Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Sweet. All right, night guys. We gotta go. Uh, go crash some weddings. So great. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Thanks a lot. Okay. See you, Alex. See you, see you, Trevor. Bye. See, see you, Tyler. Before we hang up, since I've saw just a few things I wanna ask and talk. Few things I wanna talk to you about. Okay. For starters. The San Jose Sharks trade from train made a trade with the Boston Bruins to get goaltender Martin Jones. People really think highly of him because of his seven shutouts in thirty-four games. Do you really think he'll pan out as the Sox number one goaltender, or do you think he's he's just suited for the backup role, playing fifteen to twenty games a season like he did with Jonathan Quick? I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, what do you? What do you I really don't know. San Jose doesn't have uh, good defense anymore, so. So you really don't think you'll pan out in San? So you have no idea, huh? But with the tweeter, oh. with the tweet, too oh, sure. With the tweeter from from Boston to to LA, what do you think? How loot seats would do it in the LA system? Well, well, they're a big heavy team and everything, like the Bruins are. I think they'll do well there. I don't think he'll be there past this year, though. He didn't sound like he was very impressed that he got traded there. Well, he wanted to come here. He even said on a radio interview, he said, I wish that the Canucks had it traded for me. Yes, but in the end, it wasn't a, It wasn't his just... Wasn't, well, he, he opened up his no-trade clause to Vancouver, but in the end... He couldn't decide his location. That was up to the general manager, aka. Well, he could have. Uh, he could have said no to LA, but he said yes because of the whole cup thing. He could have. He had a no trade clause, so he could have said no. I'm not going there. Then, then, 
then I find it strange how he said I wish Vancouver traded for me, then say yes to LA. I find that kind of a well because he, he LA was one of the lists on his team. Vancouver was at the top of the list, but Vancouver just couldn't give uh, the assets to Boston that Boston wanted. Yeah, I can understand that because LA it, it has tons of prospects and is in a win now situation, so they can't afford to give up prospects because they're in a win now situation, kind of like New York is. I still don't. Uh, I still think that. Uh, um with uh, Daryl Sutter there, it, it's going to be the same old thing. They're not going to score very many goals. And Daryl Sutter's not a great coach. I've never thought that. Well, he's done what he's way much to win two cups in LA, which LA hasn't done in in throughout the whole history until 2012 and 20. Cup. He stood behind the bench. He barely even talked to his players. He didn't do anything. I guess you're saying was right in there and won that one with that team. Now, there's something else I want to talk to you about, and that's the Boston trade traded Dougie Hamilton to Calgary Flames. I mean, he was such a he was one of the youngest promising players coming up in the roster, and yet they. Trade him away like they traded away Tyler Sagan. They were both young players, and they both trade him away to team to teams in the Western Conference. Sagan to Dallas, and now Hamilton to Calgary. And he didn't really have much of a choice in trading Hamilton because he wouldn't resign there. Well, he was an RFA, so eventually he would have resigned there, but it probably would have been on a one or two year deal. And uh, he was really expensive. He was going to cost a lot of money. Boston just couldn't afford him, huh? Not, not in the long run they couldn't. Not if he got any better. <laughs> so, but you got to remember too that a lot of these, t- uh, a lot of the players, as a rule, that co- uh, come from the east over to the west don't do very well. Say that to Tyler Sagan, who's. who's... Well, I, I said as a rule, most of the time it doesn't work. It's because that East plays. It's because East and the West teams play different styles of hockey, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> the West is harder to score, and in the East, it's more wide open, and you can score more. The West have better goaltenders too. <laughs> well, that may be true, but I still say that the East still has. At least one good good goaltender and Henrik Lundqvist, and I can name a, a few like Mark Andre Fleury. Mark Andre Fleury is not a good goaltender. But and then just absolutely horrible in the playoffs. And what did you think of the Stars game? Anti Niemi to back up Kari Lettinen. Oh, well, I, I think it's going to be the other way around. I think. I think Anthony Miami is gonna be the starter there. So they both have a, so they both have number one gold tenders now, like we had with the Corey Snyder and Roberto Longo incident. How well do you think it's gonna pan out this time though? Because both of them have both played. The number- thing is, is the thing is, is Kerry Lettinen's always injured. That's why they got some insurance with the Anthony Miami. He Kerry Lettinen always gets injured, and for long periods of time. Hmm. 
then I'm gonna have to, have to ask you this because I don't really remember it, but could you at least tell me why Lettinen was selected second overall in the year he was drafted? I mean, I mean, he hasn't really done much for Dallas, even though he was drafted so highly by them and by them. And that's like what I've said before: is you never know what you're going to get out of a draft. Hmm. Like only three percent um, since 1970, only three percent of first-round picks have made the Hall of Fame. That's quite. The a- other 97 percent have been um, have been second to seventh-round picks and undrafted players. And that includes players like Montan Saint Louis. Yeah. Pavel Datsyuk was picked 189th overall. Yep, and he's going to be in, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Oh yeah. Now I can see why Benning likes those late round picks because that's where the real gems on where mostly the Hall of Famers are found. And that's why uh, oh, that's why Benning likes the later round picks better. He said that on the radio that he likes the later round picks better. Yes, I can understand. I can understand that completely now because the majority of the Hall of Famers came in those late rounds. That's where he got Bannock. That's where he got Miller. But I find it surprising that that the that the later rounds players can can up usurp the players that were selected like selected earlier in the rounds, like in the first and second in the first and second round because those players are, you know, are highly, you know, sought after and, and would say better at the time because of because of the careers of the seasons that they had. Yeah. So, so I find that funny how a how a fifth rounder can usurp a first rounder. It's be because those players don't have all the hype and don't have all the expectations where the first rounders have all the expectations to be a superstar and they got too and they put too much pressure on themselves hmm. so because the fifth rounders have no pressure they they play better basically yeah hmm. makes sense now how I want to get back to one scene here now with the Calgary trade for Doggy Hamilton how well do you think they'll do next season I think they're going to take a step back, and also they're working on a uh, on a uh, contract for uh, Giordano, and I've heard that it's um, going to be anywhere from ten to eleven million dollars cap hit for him. Wow, that's a lot of money for a Soviet. The last I heard, it was eight years at eighty-two million or something. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a long time for for a Soviet. But then again. He's playing well now, but you, but the team has to wonder: Will he be playing well in the final years of his contract? I mean, say they're signed to that eight-year deal. He's sorry right now, but let's say he starts starts playing poorly. He years from from that contract ending, like when he's thirty-five or thirty-six, would he regret make signing to that long-term deal then? I don't know. And plus, Benning's already said that the teams around the division that they are in got better, where they didn't improve at all. 
And speaking of which, do you really think that Lack will outplay Cam Ward while he's there? No, I don't think Cam Ward will get get the opportunity to. What do you oh, I don't think Lack will get the opportunity to. Why not? I I just don't think that uh, Lack will get the playing time. So we are Cam Ward then? Yep. So how many games do you think he'll get with Carolina next season then? 20, 25. Yeah, and... And Benning, even though those, these were difficult trades, I'm, I'm starting to think that he's lost a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of interest in the fans because he traded away two fan-favorite players. Even though... He yeah. about the fan favorite. That drives me nuts when people talk about, oh, he was a fan favorite. Who cares? It's not a popularity contest. Who cares? And, like, do like, you really think Benny and Francesco Aquilini care what the fans think? They're going to do what's best for the team, not what the fans think. True, they are. But, then again, I think that ownership management cares what the fans think. I mean... I don't. They've said it before that they don't care. In fact, before they traded Lack, Linden and Benning were both on the radio and said that, uh, and Benning's quote was, we're, we're going to do things that aren't going to be uh, aren't going to be to the fans' liking, but that's just part of the business. Okay. Then, uh, they have to must, I, I'm saying they must care because I'm referring back to, to when the fans of Rogers Arena were saying, Fire Gillis, fire Gillis, fire Gillis, fire Gillis. And and the ownership was, was losing interest from the fans and they would and he finally complied and did what the fans wanted and fired Mike Gillis for the whole decisions he made. That was that was coming way before it happened though. Like Mike Gillis the year before was gonna get fired and and the Aquilinis told him that uh um, you better make some changes and quicker. You're the one gone. That's why he fired AV hmm. to save his job. Right. But I guess you're right. Maybe they don't care what the fans think. But then again, I, I keep and there's another reason why I say that. It's because they went to Trevor Linden and hired him as president of the team to draw interest back from the fans because they were losing season ticket sales. Yeah, and, and they didn't lose very many either. Hmm. They only lost uh, uh, 3% of the season ticket sales. Hmm. They had a 98%, or maybe a little bit more, they had a 98% or 97% renewal rate, and then uh, it went down to like 93 or 94%. Now let me ask you this. With the team that the Canucks currently have... What do you see him finishing in the Western Conference standings? In between tenth and twelfth. So you don't see him finishing second in the in the division again? No. Or do you think that was just a fluke year that it happened? I don't think it was a fluke. Well, but I just don't I, I don't uh, see them making the playoffs this year, that's for sure. <laughs> so with and you said and you, earlier on the podcast, you said that Bieska was the voice in the locker room. Who do you think is going to step up now that now that he's gone? Bills. Bills has been the other voice. Hmm. Yes, and he's 
I would say he's one of Biesca's age as well, isn't he? Well, actually, yeah, he is actually, yeah, he's 34. They both started around the same time. Figures as much, so how long do you think he's staying on before he goes, because... I think he'll finish his career here, he'll finish, he's got two years left. Yes, but then again, the Canucks traded Biesca, even though he had a year left on his contract, so they could easily do the same thing with Burroughs, with having a year left on his contract, so he could play out this season and then trim at the end of ne- at the end of this coming season like they did with Biesca. I, I, I doubt they will though. <laughs> Burroughs has been the only player that can ever play with the Sabines. Oh, you're right. I for- forgot about that, but I wouldn't say that's entirely true because Vobata proved he can play with them for at least a little bit. Yeah, that's just it, though, is that nobody has consistently played well with the Sabines better than Alex Burrows. True. Before the lockout, in the previous five years, or or three years before, the previous three years before the lockout, Alex Burrows was third in goals in those three years, mm-hmm. behind Stamkos and Ovechkin. And all because he played with the Sabines. Yeah. But then that leads me. I'm um, so he lost him play, but uh, I can't really see why the Canucks didn't keep him here and not Anson Carter. Because I remember the the Canucks talking about and the fans saying that he was one one besides Boris, one of the only players to ever play well with them. Anson Carter. It was a contract dispute. It was a dispute over eight hundred thousand dollars. And they couldn't get signed because of that, and because of that, he left a team. Yep. And Anson Carter never did nothing after that. Mm. Bah. You can you anybody can play with the Sabines. Yeah. Now, this might be an an odd question, but it it depicts one of the Canucks passing players, and that is Luke. Bordon. Well, how would you see him on this team right now? Well, he was touted to be a star. He probably would be on the first pairing of the defense. I saw it as much. And all because he died in a motorcycle accident, if I'm right. Yeah. <sighs> Could I have got an extra draft pick, though? When he, because of his death? Yep. Yeah. What, what round was it? I believe it was the 30th or the 31st pick or something like that. If you ask me, that's not good enough. It should have been the first overall pick. Well, no, you, you, can't, you can't do that. And fine. Then, a, then at least a pick in the top five at least. And you also got to remember, the league doesn't have to give you any pick. It's not the league's fault that he died. True, it's not. But still, I say that Canucks it's got low compensation for for what happened there. And right when they have drafted a superstar, he died. I could he he, he could he could have made a world of difference. Instead, 
he's dead. But still, with LA, with LA game Milan Lucic, do you really see him missing the playoffs again or not? With Daryl Sutter there, I think the team has just uh, lost confidence in Daryl Sutter. <sighs> so, with the team, with the team's missing, with the team teams that missed the playoffs, which teams do you think that will get in? Do you see any of the teams that missed the playoffs get in this time next season around? Hmm. That's that's a tough one. I don't really see anybody really. I can see the Canucks not making it. I could see Chicago not making it, especially after they they have to get rid of more salary and they gotta give them give salary away. Yeah, they can't take any back. But then again, even though even though I even though the Buffalo Sabers have rebuilt quickly. And I don't think Rob, Rob, Robert Lena is the solution there. You know what I think they should have done? Died with the Florida Panthers dead. Get an old, experienced, good number one netminder. And because of that, the Panthers almost made the playoffs with the, with the young players. And if Leno doesn't stand on his head like you said, they're not going to win. Sure, but Leonard has stood on his head lot, so. And Cam. And Cam Talbot playing with the Edmonton Oilers. Do you really think he will do well there, or do you think he's just going to be, like, best suited to a backup? I mean, it's hard to say because he did play in front of some terrific defense. Yeah, he did, but they, he's still uh, the the Rangers. Even though they had that great defense, don't give up a lot of shots. Would you say it was the around the top ten most shots in the, in the season, or was it even come close to that? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. We should probably wrap this episode up, though. Huh. I'm gonna probably go to bed here pretty quick. All right, fine, and I'll wrap it up. Thanks for joining us, everyone, for, for episode 11 of Canucks Cast. I'm Sam Alexander, 300 on Twitter. And you can find Son on Twitter at Spence Canucks. And you can find Trevor Knapps on Twitter at Trevor Knapps 16. And we're joined by Tyler McDonald and, and Michael Dennis from, from Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And you can find us on our website at www canucksblogcast.wordpress.com Thanks for joining us and, and we'll see you on our next podcast.